episode 10. Double digits! I actually didn't think I had the intestinal fortitude to grind my way through 10 of these motherfuckers, but we're here! So without further ado, DJ, play my fucking intro. In the immortal words of Big Boss and Solid Snake. Kept you waiting, huh? It's the pop-off! Popping off about pop culture with your boy Matt as per usual. Episode 10. Did not think we would get here. And I know it took a little bit to do so. But it just felt cheap and shitty. Talking about cartoons and more important issues were being addressed for the last three weeks. Now close to four and continuing. And usually as a result of, you know, civil unrest. People trying to get what's theirs in terms of, you know, basic human rights. People get comfortable with talking about their stories and things that have happened. And it would be disingenuous of me to ignore this one particular story because I talked about it on the podcast. And now we got to do a little retraction. Bon Appetit Magazine. Having themselves a little tossy-turvy. And I mentioned on a previous podcast that I thought Bon Appetit Magazine, particularly their YouTube channel, was the shit. It's good fun. It's entertainment. I love cooking shows. It turns out that the vast majority (laughs) of uh, BIPOC people working there weren't getting paid to be on camera. We're all people that couldn't get contracts. They were folks that were being treated like second-class citizens. And this came out because the head honcho, Adam Rappaport, was showing up dressing like a gangster Latino. And I think he tanned himself. I can't tell if it was full brown face or not from the pictures, but it is an absolute travesty. And uh, Rappaport quit. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where he quit, quote-unquote. In reality, it was probably like, you know, <laughs> they're probably uh, getting the board up his ass. And he stepped down. But, of course, uh, in one of the meetings, one of the last things on the way out the door was him volunteering to lead the- <laughs> The council that was supposed to change all the things because they're all, they're owned by a larger company whose name escapes me right now. And apparently they're just as fucking twisted and evil. The people that I watch on a regular basis that get millions of views, people like Sola and Priya, weren't getting shit for money. They were getting $400 to show up on camera, if that. Those were some guest appearances. They had, um, her name is not something that I've absorbed into my brain, but they had a guest chef show up, and she was of Somalian descent. She cooked two meals, two videos went up. They fucking killed. And people in the comments are all like, they should bring her on. You know, it adds some diversity to the cast, and she's a fun personality. Bring her on. She was getting paid $400 a video. These people were getting paid less than I was to sit in a modified broom closet and talk about esports once a week for a year. Less than I was. 
and I was getting paid absolutely peanuts. Okay. So, uh, Bon Appetit's off the cart until they get their shit together. You know, you really kind of can't... Like, you like the personalities, per se. I mean, a lot of people have come out, all the white folk who've been benefiting off of a system that's absolutely fucked. Andy, who is, you know, a multitudinous array of subgroups. You know, he is uh, gay, and uh, I forget his nationality. I think he might be Iranian. Middle Eastern, at the very least. And somehow he managed to double skate. He just got paid up the ass. He was like the, maybe he was the token boy. that They just like to wave around and showed how diverse they were. He had to walk some shit back, you know. Apparently Brad was stupefied that racism still exists because he's a white guy from Jersey who probably has had none of his privilege checked ever in his entire life and assumed that that's just the way the world works. You want to cheer for some of these people and they're making some choices. But um, they haven't posted a video in two weeks because it would be rather gauche to be like, well, fuck it. We still got this backlog of videos. They make millions of views. And that means millions of dollars, millions of ad revenue. And you best believe that when Claire does a video talking about how she's going to gourmetify like Pizza Pops, Pizza Pops didn't pay through the fucking face for that ad spot. So let's be real here. They got some serious remodeling to do. And I just wanted to put that out there. They're off the table. They're out of here. Because, you know, I just can't uh, willingly sit there and pump out shit. So even if they were putting out videos, I wouldn't be watching them. Because it's kind of fucking tasteless. Let's move in to the less heavy shit. Let's get our junk food in, shall we? Because in the last month. The amount of shit that has been popping out left, right, and center is unreal. Video games, movies. First of all, the Snyder Cut is real. Unbelievable. It's getting an extra like $25 million. It's going to come out like next year. Every single fan in their fucking like built up reality that this is going to be the greatest movie ever has already decided that it is. It's already got 98% audience score without even being able to vote for it. It's going to be the second coming of Christ. The Snyder Cut is going to be a yes. Best believe it's still Justice League. That movie sucked anyways. But it's real. Cascade fuck. Netflix just put out a tweet like four hours ago. We're hella topical up in this bitch. They're putting out the Studio Ghibli film. So if you didn't get like Princess Mononoke, you didn't get your spirited away, it'll be out soon times, if not right fucking now, relative to recording. Not when you're listening, but it could be both. You never know what the overlap kicks in. Studio Ghibli is like a fucking masterpiece factory. So... If you haven't watched them, watch them. If you need to watch them again, they'll all be readily available on Netflix. Netflix also got Cobra Kai, so it's finally off YouTube. Cool. Mixer has exploded. I feel like I should get into Mixer a little bit. That happened Monday, a.k.a. today, at time of recording. And Microsoft folded Mixer into Facebook Gaming. So they basically made an app, let it get its coverage, and then just sold it to Facebook for a fuck ton of cash. And all the people that were on that platform that were genuinely trying to grind just got tossed out of the fucking boat 
into the icy Atlantic Ocean. Mixer, the fucking Titanic iceberg. This is like one of those conspiracy theories where like it was built to fail. They crashed into it on purpose. Yeah, that's that's Mixer right fucking now. Or was Mixer right now. These guys basically built the machine to fail so that it could be bought for more money. Or, you know, they expected it to take off more than it did. Let's be real. Microsoft's a bunch of savvy businessmen. There's no concrete evidence to suggest one way or the other what the fuck it is. But there's a pretty good chance that they just built this thing for the sheer hubris. It didn't go the way it did. And then they threw even more money at it just to make it all back when they sold the fucking thing. Facebook gaming is making a lot of fucking moves. Apparently, for anybody who didn't know, uh, the two biggest streamers on the fucking planet at the time... Uh, one because nature abhors a vacuum and the other because it was the vacuum that was created in ninja and shroud were signed on to mixer for 30 million and 10 million dollars ahead exclusivity i think it was a two-year contract might have been a three-year contract they were there to ride pine and they showed up and the prayer was you know get the visibility from their audiences ninja is the biggest streamer on the fucking planet in terms of just like household name and then while his viewership was uh dropping from the hundred thousands he used to get you know in and around like 30 <laughs> it's a fucking huge drop for a guy who you know basically made fortnite a thing he's the sponsorship fucking face boy of fortnite which is the biggest game on the planet so that's a perfect storm, and his numbers started dropping, and then he went to Mixer to get his fucking sweet-ass payday. And then Shroud went subsequently after, because you'd be shocked to find out. Ninja's audience didn't go to fucking Mixer, they just stayed on Twitch. <laughs> they ditched his ass. Now, he had a chunk of dudes that went, but I mean, the chunk of dudes like was dwindling. It's, it's the fucking end of the loaf of bread. Twitch kept the rest of the bread because the thing is, and I've said it a million times before and I'll say it a million times again, the perpetual nature for people to do what's most convenient for them at all costs, that supersedes all. <laughs> so these guys are like, I got to go to another platform. I got to go get my mom's credit card on another account that I got to make. Then I got to build up my clout over there. My, my 60 fucking month subscriber streak is out the tubes to watch ninja not nah, pass and they didn't and when shroud went uh, after ninja ghosted he went fucking nuclear and then they bought his ass and he went over there and didn't do shit either and both those guys can fuck right off i'll get to that in a bit the primary reason I bring this up is because both these guys just got paid 30 and $10 million for like an eight-month run, maybe a year tops. And now they're free agents because Facebook offered to double their contracts to sign with them, and they said no. How the fuck? I, man, it's like, do you... The question you ask, the question you ask, genuinely, is do you think... They can get more money holding out for YouTube dollars. Because $60 million is a ludicrous amount of money. Like, Ninja's already got levels of fuck you money. But Ninja is a competitor and a grinder. And that's how he got where he is today. So, you kind of, like, when you're that kind of, like, personality, you, you don't quit. But $60 million. 
is absurd. I don't even know if anyone uses Facebook in his age group anymore. It's like, maybe TikTok should hire him up. <laughs> and then, yeah, Shroud was going to get $20 million. Now, whatever, you know. I think this is the deal. Both those guys fucked their brands so terribly because, and this is why I think they're pieces of shit, they took their existing audience and used that as a bridge to get them a fat stack of cash and shit all over their fans. Like, there's a huge group of people that, like, they're not Twitch fans. It's just the biggest platform. It's the most convenient fucking thing around for them. And they watch Ninja and they're all about it. But Ninja decided that, hey, here are my numbers. These are the guys that I'm getting. Blah, blah, blah. Same thing with Shroud. And they use those numbers as a baseline to get fat stacks of money. And then you went to fucking Mixer where no one went with you. And now you're like, well, you know, I took my money. I got my cash. But like... I don't have a new baseline of metric. Now, be realistic here. If Shroud came back to fucking Twitch, Shroud would go nuclear again. If Ninja went back to Twitch, they'd go huge again, right? But you got to build that shit up. And if I was Twitch, I wouldn't pay these fucking cunts a red cent. I'd even make them wait the 30 months or whatever. I'd dick them around hard on getting their partnerships back. Because you're already petty as fuck yanking their check marks away. Well, it's just part of the contract, people insist on saying. If they signed an exclusivity deal with someone else, they have zero intention of streaming on your platform ever again. And if they ever come back, you'd automatically give them partnership anyways. So why take it away other than to be spiteful contract fucks? And realistically, it's to prevent people from multi-streaming on platforms. Like, I can't stream on YouTube and Mixer and Twitch all at the same fucking time. And most fucking streamers' YouTube channels are just VODs from their Twitch streams anyways. That's what that stupid clause is there for. We're, we're talking some big brain fucking plays here. <laughs> Don't pay him a cent. Fuck them. Dick them around. Show how petty you are because you really are petty and shitty. I don't see YouTube buying them. YouTube's doing okay. Facebook's doing okay. Facebook can apparently spend a total of $80 million on two names. It's like buying bruised fruit. What are you going to do? Freeze it and then put it in a fucking smoothie later? Like banana peels all black and shit? No one wants these guys anymore because they don't have the metrics. They just have brand power and star name. And I mean, you might call me that arrogant and ignorant as fuck, but they sold out their fans to get a fat payday. And now they have a new baseline of metrics for the last year that do not reflect their earnage. And if you just go back to the biggest platform, then the same lazy fucks that made you popular in the first place are going to slump back into your shit you'll get your numbers back it's brain dead but i wouldn't pay him a cent to do it don't pay to have these motherfuckers careers recover they lost money on purpose now i mean money on purpose within the grand scheme of a 30 million dollar contract yeah it's a little it's a little small brain that's poor person talk okay <laughs> that's it mixer is dead facebook bottom shroud and ninja are free agents pretty nifty Let's talk about E3. Now, E3 is something that I usually talk about every single year. Every year. 
for the last like four years. I throw up videos on each press conference. I talk about them. People insisted that they were too long and I didn't give a fuck because I was doing it to train for video stuff. E3, because obviously uh, COVID-19 doesn't stop presidential rallies, but it sure as fuck stopped E3 and BlizzCon and TwitchCon. Guys, guys are pushing those shit out as far as September and October, because guess what? They're like, oh, the second wave. The second wave's going to get us. People, There are places where the numbers keep climbing every day. It's just one big wave, man. There's no break here, folks. So E3 is done, but that doesn't mean that the gaming companies, you know, uh, the Sonys, the Xboxes, the Ubisofts, the EAs, these guys aren't putting out content. Talk about the games coming up in the next year, year and a half, two years, right? I mean, we've got next-gen consoles coming in the fucking winter. So Sony and the PC boys at PC Gamer put out two E3-style digital conferences where they just regurgitated a bunch of games out, did their thing. And obviously, it got mixed reviews. So we had never seen the PlayStation 5 before and we got to see it and we got to see a fuck ton of games and there's obviously some cross stuff because let's be real console exclusivity only is starting to really hold down for a couple couple independent studios the the Naughty Dogs or the uh, Santa Monica I actually think Sony owns Santa Monica now though in any case if you don't if the companies don't own them then they keep their games generally widespread I'm just going to hammer on PlayStation 5. Everybody did. They showed the console. It looks like a router. <laughs> Everybody made the same fucking shit joke over and over and over again. Uh, you can put it vertical. You can put it sideways. It looks weirder sideways. The PlayStation 5 comes out in two fucking systems. One's got a disk drive. One is just raw digital. And because the disk drive is currently what bricked my PlayStation 4... You fucking garbage men who aren't... You're not even addressing it, Sony! I would just like to hear you apologize for fucking me out of my saves and my system. I digress. I don't think I'll ever purchase a disk drive. I don't need a Blu-ray player. I have a PlayStation 3 and a PlayStation 4 uh, that I haven't put a hammer to yet. And who the fuck buys physical media anymore i love physical media but it is getting harder and harder to rationalize buying physical media and if you look at the games i've bought physically man my library looks like a bargain bin at a fucking eb games man you got all those games that you know nobody wanted they're in that pile it's kind of embarrassing but that's what happens when you go to ubisoft and you get free money at a game test and then you can't i what am i gonna do buy a gift card to with a gift card to buy a digital game no i'll just buy the fucking game and cut out the middleman they open up the press conference for the playstation 5 that was the, by the way the end of the playstation 5's press conference was showing the console they they dragged it on for a while they opened that bitch up with gta 5 coming to playstation <laughs> The game that Prince Rockstar Money is coming back once again. It's on like three generations of consoles at this point. Who the fuck doesn't have GTA 5? Especially after they put it out for free on the Epic Game Store. For free! Everybody should have GTA 5 at this point. Other big games include a leaked and now fully confirmed Resident Evil 8. 
aka Village. Village! It's got Chris Redfield being a bad motherfucker. It's in the same vein as Resident Evil 7, so first person. And sadly, it still has Ethan, the most human cardboard and uh, protagonist on the face of the fucking earth. Ethan sucks ass. This guy is... I don't... No one can tell me anything about Ethan other than he's married to Mia, which is the entire plot of Resident Evil 7. I'm gonna go get my wife. Ethan sucks. He's... How is generic jobber going to get his wife all of a sudden the dude you send in for bioterror attacks or plans or infiltrations? What the absolute... Fuck. Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Oh, man, it's like called Forbidden West or some shit. My God, does that game look g -g 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 gorgeous. And that's the one game I'm going to FOMO on. Fear of missing out. When it drops next year. Middle of next year. 2021. Because I refuse to buy a PlayStation 5 year one. Because it's guaranteed to have some kind of fuck up. I'm going to spend like... 700 bucks on this thing because you know it's going to be expensive as fuck and it's going to have like i don't know controller drift or the ssd stalls or blue screens or the hdmi port like when you try to put it on 4k the whole console lags just dumb shit like that for the first year it's guaranteed to be a wreck i mean people are still dealing with joy con drift on the switch Give me a fucking break. So I will not be buying a PlayStation 5 at launch. There's a game called like Kina Bridge of something or other. I don't have my notes in front of me and I'm not about to go through 29 fucking indie games that like look just kind of okay or specifically built to win the video game awards trophy for games with impact. <laughs> the social justice games. But this Kina game looks like... It's the only game in the presentation that looked like it had some courage. Like, it had a distinct art style. It looked like it knew what it wanted to be. And everything else is just rips of different stuff. And uh, they have a shot for something that I was excited about, which was uh, Ghostwire Protocol. And Ghostwire Protocol is not like a first-person shooter. And it looks like it's a, like a shitty version of Vampire the Masquerade. So uh, that trailer instantaneously killed my joy for it. I'll, I'm waiting a year, so nothing these guys do. I don't give a fuck about Godfall. There's no way you can post that shit. It's like, it's like, come on, it's Rise. Everybody knows launch games are garbage. You don't buy the console for the launch games. You buy the console for the games afterwards. Speaking of games that are now turning into launch games, we're getting into a spot with um, Cyberpunk 2077, which has been delayed again. They say the game is done, but they're just doing polishing. And, and you know what? I'm fine with it being delayed again. I just like to bring it up because it's fucking annoying. <laughs> like, I'm fine with it. Take as much time as you need to make that game good. Because look, the Sword of Damocles in the form of Witcher 3 is a harsh mistress. That is a terrifying fucking thing to have hanging over your head while you're building the next game. And there's expectation through the roof that the game needs to be excellent. And if Cyberpunk falters in any way, shape, or form, people will come for blood. So, yes. Trust me, Daddy. You want to take all that time that you can get. But as a result... This was partially intended, I imagined. 
earlier on when it was coming sooner. Partially intended, but now it's all but confirmed that if you buy Cyberpunk 2077 on your PlayStation 4, your Xbox One, you get a free upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version. You just re-download it and you're good to go. And there was another game that's starting to do it. And uh, the last time I could remember a game that was that was really into that shit was uh, Destiny. It's the only reason I even bought Destiny 1 in the first place. is because if you bought it on the PlayStation 3, you get a free game for the, for the month of time that the, uh, the deal was running where you could get a free upgrade to PlayStation 4. Nifty. Cool. Like, a big deal. That is the way a lot of this stuff should go, as far as I'm concerned. It's just, it's nice to have that level of security where you could buy the game and then still get the upgrade to PlayStation. You've already given me the money. It's like I wait a month and I buy it when it comes out on PlayStation 4, or I don't. You know, and I get it immediately. So I think that's a great, great way to go, and I hope to see more games doing it. Hitman 4? Hitman 3? The next Hitman game. Oh, it's Hitman 3, because it's, it's, so it's like, when they rebooted Hitman, it's called the, like, in uh, 2014, 2015? We got Hitman, Hitman 2, and now Hitman 3 to close out the trilogy. That's coming out in 2021 as well. And then, like I said, a bunch of indie games that I just don't even have memorized because I don't have my notes in front of me. And normally when I did these E3 videos, I recorded differently, and now we're recording differently. And I'm going to probably have to get, like, a tablet or something specifically for these podcasts or, you know, move out of the closet that I am recording in. My God, let's talk to PC Game Show because this thing fucking sucked. It was weird and you could tell it was pre-recorded the whole way through. It's still got Day 9 and Frankie, but without the live element of Day 9 saving people, he's just a Muppet doing a performance with a fucking microphone. And you know, like, Frankie's there doing her thing and it's like, I can't tell you the amount of games that I saw in this two-hour press conference that I could give a shit about. There's so many mini-games. Oh! Before, 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 I totally get ahead of myself here on the PC gaming show. The one game that matters most from the PlayStation 5 is Bug Snacks. It's made by the guys who made Octodad. That game looks hype as fuck. It's goofy, stupid. It's got googly eyes and weird animals. And like when you, you eat stuff, you turn into the stuff that you're eating. It looks ludicrously stupid and fun and everything I can hope for in a video game. Like it just, like it, legendary. Bug Snacks. B-U-G-S-N-A-X. Bug Snacks. Bug Snacks. Do it. It has a, watch the trailer. It's charming as fuck. That's my game for the press conference. And then Horizon 2 because I'm a stand for Horizon 1. It probably was my game of the year that year, if I could think about it. Was it 2018? 2017? I think it was 2018. It was a banger. Straight up Titan. And, uh, you know, it's coming out on PC soon times, if not out right now. So, get that shit if you haven't played Horizon. If you're an Xbox boy or a PC boy or whatever, play Horizon Zero Dawn. It is a great open world third person game. It's like an action adventure. You fucking, you're, it's awesome. And the sequel looks to be gorgeous as fuck. So, Bug Snacks Horizon. Top two. PC Gaming. What can I even fucking tell you about PC Gaming? It's literally 900 indie games. Uh, PC Gaming still thinks that people give a shit about real-time strategy games. And uh, I, I can't begin to tell you how that's just not the case. And I guess these guys are just comfortable with the fact that they're going to sell 10,000 units and then have like 900 people playing at peak. 
and never again. I guess that's just the way the world works. So you're sort of just stuck waiting for the AAA titles that spill off of consoles to be ported to PC. Yeah. What do we not get? Well, it's hard to say. The PC press conference did suck, and there is like there's so much not worth noting. There's some stuff that looks like like the guys who made Hyperlight Drifter made a game. Can't even remember the name of it, which should tell you that it didn't have much in terms of staying power for me in my brain a week later, but it looked cool. Uh, there's that like uh, evil, uh, what are you like, like super genius or evil geniuses too, where you make your own like super bad guy base and spies come in and do stuff. That looks like fun. The operation simulator is getting a sequel and it's third person. And it's crazy. It's like, you know, you walk around through the hospital and stuff. And you adventure and shit, so that that's alright, you know? There's some games and some vision, but it's not good. Now, to answer my previous fucking question that I sort of skipped over going through this ramble, what did we miss? It's hard to say because Jeff Keighley's Summer of Games is starting up, like, if not in the next three or four days, then immediately next week. Like, hot off the presses, and it's going to go on forever. So we're talking about, like, guys who are holding on for dear fucking life. You know, Ubisoft has still got some stuff. EA did its own press conference beforehand, and the only thing they showed worth a goddamn was Star Wars Squadrons. And you hold your breath tentatively because EA and Star Wars so far hasn't been a home run hitter. They bought the fucking IP and they've done nothing but fuck their user base or make a limp dick third person shitty Sekiro game. So I didn't play Jedi Fallen Order, to be fair. I did watch an entire playthrough of it, which is, you know, not necessarily the fairest, but it looked exactly as advertised Sekiro for journalism. It shit the bed. As far as I'm concerned. Now, some people might think it's fun. It was entertaining. It is a very mediocre game. With polished graphics and like, you know, decent voice acting. And it tried. It looked, it had more of that samey Star Wars safety shit that people lost their fucking minds over with the last three movies. And obviously there's the whole Battlefront 2 fiasco, which was detrimental to say the least to EA's, you know, standing deal with Lucasfilm and Star Wars. So, Squadron... Actually looks kind of cool, you know, so it's like you're you're in a cockpit and you fly around you got stories and you're just doing TIE fighters and X-wing shit But you could do it in VR and you can do it with like those fancy $2,000 flight simulator rigs with like all the fucking bells and whistles Changing altitude and fucking flipping switches and you know doing all that shit you it's totally immersible in that way Which is cool and the game looks like it's polished so it'll probably be a great 7.5 out of 10. <laughs> you know, like, fun for the weekend, pretty cool, uh, something that you throw your buddies in when they're coming over to your house for a party and you haven't started drinking yet, and then you give it to your one buddy, like, way later in the evening who's fucking hammered, and you slap the VR on him, and you watch him break something in your house and throw up. That's what that game's going to be. You'll one-and-done it, 
And the novelty of VR may extend the lifeline of the game by a few months because you get to like plug it in when you're like, yeah, I just want to fly around for a bit, shoot some shit, you know? So we've got a bunch of developers that are holding their cards close to their vests. We've got Jeff Keighley's Summer Games coming up. we got a long list of shit to look at. And uh, that means I got to talk about it more. So whenever these games come out, whenever these trailers start dropping, I mean, we got a, a, an event in two days and then we should have the the real Rick Brock and start of the Keeley games this summer. Or somehow Jeff Keeley went from Muppet at game trailers to the game savior. I don't understand. And even then, like... The game awards are fraudulent as fuck. It's it's all masturbatory. It's a two-hour ad. But, you know, I mean, how many guys are nobodies that create something like that through sheer force of will and industry connection? So you got to give Jeff Keighley credit for that. And Jeff Keighley, generally speaking, is kind of likable, which is hard to say about a lot of people in the gaming industry. As we're soon finding out with... Every single one of these motherfuckers getting slapped with sexual misconduct allegations in the last two or three days, which is a whole other kettle of fish that I'm not going to get into. But who would have thought that a bunch of people who think they're fucking gods because they have a thousand subscribers and they make money playing video games would be, you know, raised well enough to not sexually harass someone at a party. Trying to grab a tit on an unwilling participant. Fucking scumbags. <laughs> Unbelievable. So we'll see how that all goes. Jeff Keighley's Summer of Games, not sexual misconduct. I hope all those dudes get fucking eunuched. Just take it off the top and uh, fuck their careers up. Already got people quitting. I hope. I hope it's a deluge. I hope it gets them all... And, uh, you know, people just come correct with basic human decency. So there's just one more thing I want to get into before we wrap up shop. It's going to be a bit of a short one. If you thought I was going to do something special for the 10th episode, you're wrong. Shit. In fact, just doing this should be special enough. Getting a little movie news. And unfortunately, uh, today, Monday, as of recording... Joel Schumacher passed away at 80. And Joel Schumacher's got a spot in my heart. Not for, you know, St. Elmo's Fire. Not for the Lost Boys. But for Batman and Robin. Yeah! And there's a lot of talk, you know, uh, Michael Keaton's name's getting tossed around right now. Because he may or may not be in talks to reprise his role as Batman in the Flash movie, which I'm surprised is even still a thing, considering Ezra, Ezra, Ezra Miller went buck and punched the chick in the face. Anyways, Batman's a thing, and it just so happens to be news that came out at the exact same time. Now, of course, Michael Keaton wasn't in any of the Schumacher movies, but we had the joy that was Val Kilmer, Tommy Lee Jones, and Jim Carrey, Chris O'Donnell, to a lesser extent. Batman Forever, and we had... The glorious gong show that is Batman and Robin. And I unironically enjoy this movie to death. It's eternally quotable. Arnold Schwarzenegger is having a fucking blast. It is a huge mess. Nothing makes sense. There's, It's ambitious as 
fuck. There are so many characters. It is an acid trip. Vomited out onto film. Stellar. Everything. And I'm gonna, I just need you to just take a second to think about the careers that are in this movie. And, and imagine how shit it was. Because if you thought like Jim Carrey in 1997, I think, and Tommy Lee Jones were big gets. Val Kilmer was supposed to be a fucking star. Nicole Kidman, pre-Moulin Rouge, pre-18 pounds of plastic surgery. Big list of killers. You know, Chris O'Donnell, sure. Fucking, he was probably supposed to be a big deal too. But you got George Clooney. You got Uma Thurman, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Alicia Silverstone, and Chris O'Donnell. And there's like one person in that list that doesn't have a career. And I mean a career. That's Alicia Silverstone. Because <laughs> I can't think of a single thing that she's done in the last forever. If she's done some plays or movies or she switched into directing or she just took her money and went home. Cool. You know, Uma Thurman, Arnold Schwarzenegger, George Clooney, testify. Magnificent movie careers. Huge talents. Chris O'Donnell, as much as I love the shit on Chris O'Donnell for merely existing, that motherfucker's been on NCIS LA for like 11 years. And 11 years on TV, while you can re-up every year on your contract, is pretty fucking good. Chris is doing just fine. It was once considered the dead end spot for a film actor in TV. You just end up on some fucking procedural drama and that's it. It's definitely looked at in a different light now. And I mean, fuck. Not all people need to win statues. I mean, before Kevin Sorbo turned into a complete and utter fucking psychopath, that man lasted 13 years doing literal garbage television. Just junk food, slamming popcorn into your face, Hercules, Xena, and Andromeda. And I like all those shows, and I just, you know, I gotta put them in a box. Because unlike a Kevin Spacey or a James Woods, who are just pure evil, Kev Kevin Sorbo is a heartbreaker. Yeah, I mean, he's deep into that fucking Trumpism shit, but I, I don't think he's sexually assaulted anybody. <laughs> you know, I don't think he's a serial rapist, and I don't think he has a phylactery buried somewhere in some fucking Aztecian underground, never to be seen or heard from again. So when James Woods finally does die, some poor archaeologist a hundred years from now is going to excavate him, and BAM! James Woods is back, baby! We have to live through his Twitter feed all over again. Now, Batman and Robin is a spectacle of stupidity. Every single fucking line uttered in that technicolored gong show is a banger. You've got Arnold Schwarzenegger doing his Mr. Freeze bit, which is like, you know, I gotta save my wife, so I'm just, you know, robbing diamonds and stuff to fund my wife's disease research, I think is how he starts. And then he gets conned by Uma Thurman into saying that Batman 
killed his wife when really she did it because she's a bitch. Then he goes buck and decides he's going to freeze all of Gotham. And it just so happens this ultra rare genetic disease happens to be what Alfred has going on. So then you got the Alfred disease thing with... Uh, his fucking gr- granddaughter and Alicia Silverstone. And there's that weird, like, fake sexual tension with him and Alicia. Uh, him, him, him. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell is the him in that sentence. No, he's not. There is no sexual tension between Alfred and his granddaughter. Dear God. There's that weird sexual tension with Chris O'Donnell and Alicia Silverstone. And they have that, like, completely superfluous death motorcycle race like it's like the movie turns into fast and the furious before fast and the furious even existed for a for a spell you know and then you got like chris o'donnell and and george clooney going head to head in in big dick energy trying to get uma thurman who's you know playing with pheromones and shit because she's like you know a plant woman now because she's poison ivy and she was a scientist who was working in a lab in the middle of God knows where with Smallville's Lionel Luther while he's making Bane and the Bane chemical. And then they she make, she makes, they make Bane and then the lab fucking blows up or whatever. She gets covered in chemicals and she turns evil and then she bodies fucking Lionel's business and takes Bane out for a trip. And now she's just all about fucking dudes up and like, ooh, nature this, nature that. I mean... That's the most ambitious plot for a superhero movie ever. There's three villains. There are six story plot lines. And then, like, they try to go out of their way to make Mr. Freeze, like, the, you know... uh, I don't... He's not an anti-hero. You can't really treat him. He's just, like, a soft antagonist. Like, he's doing things... Sympathetic villain. You know? That's what he is. He's just doing shit for his wife. Except it's Arnold Schwarzenegger doing ice puns the whole fucking movie. (laughs) I love it dearly. I absolutely adore it. Uh, Losing Joel Schumacher is a fucking shame. The man did a lot. He had a sweet like 15 year run from like St. Elmo's Fire. And I'm going to say it up to Batman and Robin. I fucking love it dearly. You know, uh, writer, director, producer, all of his own shit. You know, openly gay, which is something rare to have in Hollywood during that time. He's fucking awesome. And it's a shame that we don't got him anymore. And if you haven't watched Batman and Robin, watch it. Do yourself the favor. Sit down, get fucking trashed. Only certain, I think uh, Toronto's opening up. Sometime this week into stage two social distancing. You know, some stores get to open up so guys can finally stop bitching about not going to the barber. I can probably walk into a Popeye's and order something without having to get into a drive-thru. Because that's what's killing me right now. It's not being able to walk into a fast food joint when I'm hungry. I actually have to cook. But then I have to order groceries and have them delivered to my fucking door by a guy in a hazmat suit. That I gotta quarantine my own food so I don't get infected. You can tell I take this shit really seriously. Where I uh, I only leave my house when I absolutely have to. And then, like that old person in all the movies who just hates the kids having fun. I'm just glaring out through the fucking window. 
anybody who's having a joy. The fact that adults need to have circles painted in parks to tell them where the fuck to sit is embarrassing. So you got nothing to do. Most of us are still in quarantine. Fucking watch some Batman and Robin. Give yourself a treat. The world is gone topsy-turvy. And there's a lot of good getting done. But a lot of that good has to sadly be prefaced with a lot of fucking shitty shit. I mean, you got like J.K. Rowling officially turning against all of her fandom. <laughs> Overnight! <laughs> Just going after transgendered people. What the fuck you doing, J.K.? Uh, if there's any indication that that woman has no fucking concept of how crap she is as a human being, it's it's that entire Twitter chain. Just watching her try to fucking defend her logic while simultaneously creating a universe of bullshit. Oh, you know, Dumbledore was gay. But then you, you never push any of that in the movies you wrote and directed. You have full control over these movies. Full control over creating a canon through your bullshit tweets. And you still didn't do it. Because you're pandering like the cockroach you are. And anybody who likes the Harry Potter movies, or the Harry Potter books for that matter, don't, don't be like all those fucking psychos... <laughs> When the Colin Kaepernick fucking did his kneel job, and then I'm a bird on my Nike shit. Like, don't burn the like the books. Like, they're formative to your life. You know, they change you. You read the right book at the right time, and you got to feel good about yourself in a, in a, in a wonderful fucking universe of interesting characters and and fun times. You know, don't don't let the fucking author ruin those books for you. <laughs> She's trying her fucking hardest. J.A. Rowling's fucking garbage. <laughs> hey, wizards just used to shit on the floor and make it disappear. Shut up! Death of the author is a real fucking problem. You kind of, kind of need to create a separation for yourself in order to stay protected from the maniacal ravings of someone who still thinks they own an idea. But I mean, that's a, a philosophical discussion for another time. And, you know, one that I should probably, if I ever choose to dip into, actually read something on. <laughs> Let's just close up shop for the day. Ten episodes. I cannot fucking believe we're here. We did it. Can I get to 20? Let's set up the future. The aforementioned last time on the pop-off cartoon episode will be coming soon. The fact that this took a month is cool. And when I looked it up to get all of the Harley Quinn cartoon for season one, it was already midway through season two. So I'm just going to wait till that's done. Scoop it all. Run it in. Wham, bam. Thank you, man. We'll do the cartoon episode. That's coming down the pipe. It's already locked and fucking loaded. We got ourselves Jeff Keighley's Summer of Games. The Avengers game is coming out with another, like, Big video, probably 30-minute press conference. We just had a Smash Bros. character released today. It's Min Min from ARMS. I thought I was going to be the generic chick, but they picked Min Min, which is all right. I mean, they're all going to be the same character anyways. Let's be fucking serious. It's just a skin. But it's representation. Guess that matters for something. I'll be back sooner rather than later with more game updates. Probably with a little bit more detail. I know I ran roughshod over those fake-ass press conferences, but 
There's more shit to talk about. And with movie theaters opening up, stuff's going to finally stop getting delayed and start coming out. I sure as fuck ain't getting on a bus or into a movie theater for the rest of the year. Take care of yourselves. Be safe. Catch on the flip side, baby.